welcome to Classic Comics Cavalcade. I'm Jason Sachs. I'm Amir Malikpour. And today we are going to talk about Jack Kirby's New Gods number three, The Black Racer. All right. We could call it Death is the Black Racer, I suppose. Um, so I have a question for you to start right out. Mm-hmm. Why does the Black Racer attack Light Ray? That was the first thing I wrote down. I said, uh, actually, I have a bunch of questions, but like, okay. um, here's my thinking. Uh, maybe here's maybe Jack Kirby's thinking is Black Racer is also a force of nature, maybe. And doesn't, because in, in the same way that we talked about science is not good or evil, Black Racer is not necessarily good or evil, it's just death. I mean, but what I, my question was like, why is uh, why is Light Ray going back after they just had like this big old fight with, you know, like they had this big old entanglement, and then now he's going back home. Why why are they doing this? And, and yeah, so the issue starts with Light Ray flying into in space, and this new new god appears behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a African-American man on skis with a blue, white, blue, red, and yellow costume. And Destiny is and called the Black Racer. The Black Racer says, Destiny has decreed that our fate should, should cross. Destiny mm-hmm. has decreed our fate should cross. What is that destiny? Is that the source? I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. I really, honestly, like, I've read about nine issues so far. This is our third one that we're going to talk about, but this is the one I don't really understand, and it's kind of like boring to me a little bit. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. No, it's <laughs> really fun, and uh, I uh, I don't understand it. I think, first of all, obviously stepping back, Black Racer is probably a an analog of Silver Surfer, except instead of being on a surfboard, he's on skis. <laughs> Yeah, I want to talk about that more too, because uh, yeah, it's a little, a little wacky. Yeah, and then why is he a black racer? I mean, I don't. I I thought he might be. Is he a new god? He's not a god, is he? Well, that's the other thing is there. We don't know much about him. So we'll find out a little bit more. Like, uh, I mean, should we talk about what happens when he comes back, or just scene by scene? I think the whole issue is, let's talk about whatever happens in the whole issue. So he comes, so I guess what I do like about this scene is that, uh, so my first question is, why is Light Ray, where is Light Ray going? Is this the past or is this just right after they, um, you know, they had a fight or or like, oh no, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm getting confused. What's going on here? Where's Light Ray going? Where is he coming from? Where is he going? So mm-hmm. that, was, that was, but it's like a, it's an introduction of him, I guess, like flying around or something, because we've met him before, right, on New Genesis, and uh, so it's like he's just flying around for fun, and then now he's being attacked by this like embodiment of death, and I'm not really sure is he aware of who this is, because he he it sounds like he doesn't, it sounds like he's too young, he doesn't know. So, but at the yeah. same time, on page two, he calls him the racer. Mm. 
Yeah, so I guess that's my number one question is what is the Black Racer? Mm-hmm. Because he's yeah. not from Apocalypse and he's not from New Genesis. He's something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is that thing? I don't think Kirby ever explores that. Mm. And I don't think there's any other characters like the Black Racer. Mm-hmm. We can skip ahead because, I mean, if anyone's going to listen to this pod, they've already read this comic from 1971. Yeah. Uh, because when... Um, when Willie Walker, when he walks into Willie Walker's room, um, and then Willie takes over his body, um, the Black Racer turns to dust. Mm-hmm. And that leads to all kinds of thoughts like, what is this supposed to be? What's the intention of this character? Is this a body that's in imbe- that um, different creatures? embed themselves into to seek revenge to 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 mm-hmm. gain some sort of ability to to uh have powers greater than they would have had otherwise in which case like so and, and willie clearly the black racer in the body of willie t- uh, tries to defeat the uh people who essentially crippled willie or at least are imperiling his neighborhood um so what does that mean in terms of why the Black Racer attacks Light Ray? To me, it kind of reminds me of a few characters, maybe like a Spirit of Vengeance type of like Ghost Rider type thing, or like they're different... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're different... Uh, people pass on their their self. Like, there's, like in the old days, there was a cowboy ghost rider, and then he gave it up to like the motorcycle guy, and then he gave it up yeah. to the car guy, you know, that kind of thing. So I think there's like a, uh, it's almost, I mean, it is almost kind of like a Silver Surfer type thing where like, what was, Silver Surfer was like the servant of Galactus, right? And Galactus had planets for him to eat, yeah. Yeah, and so there's like multiple servants. So in this case, as Galactus went through different like what do they call the not the servant there's a word that they use in the book the herald the herald yeah so this one I feel like it's kind of like a herald of death except or like or some type of uh you know obviously it says uh well it says black racer but I think it seems like he's bringing about like death to anything that comes across it but I don't really understand why I want to kill light rail in the beginning of the book. So I think it's just uh, anything that, that it passes. uh, It feels like it's, you know, it's got to kill it. To me, it's like a a force of nature. It's not a God. It's not a human being. It's just some type of force of nature that gets passed through different people. And then good thing for everybody in this issue is that Willie Walker is actually like a hero, right? He's a war hero. And then, I guess he he kills the bad guy or the guy who's messing his neighborhood because he just came across him. Mm-hmm. He saw what he did and he went and he assumed, here's a bad person. I'm going to go kill him. Yeah, so it's he's this other force. He's something mm-hmm. different that um, even, even Metron is afraid of because he says mm-hmm. um, a brush with a black racer is a humbling experience at best. Yeah. Would it be... Um, do you think it would be kind of like going back to Kirby's past, uh, like a war? 
um, like if people are, let's say like uh, innocent crossfire, you know, people just getting caught in crossfire. It almost seems like the black racer, if it's an embodiment of death, doesn't really matter if you're good or bad. Sometimes they'll catch you. I mean, I, I almost have the same view of this character as I do with Metron, although Metron will, you know, maybe it seems like he's a little bit a better person. He's more towards the good than the bad most of the time. That's really interesting. So you think they basically just randomly encounter them each other in space, Light Ray and, and the Black Racer. I feel like it's random. Yeah. I'm not having read anything else about him. And because he's this embodiment of death, that when you encounter him, you're done. Yeah. Unless someone like Metron comes in and somehow effectively magically saves him. Yeah, like doctors with their medicine. You know, you, Metron in this case shoots him to another place on, uh, on in the world. A doctor with science comes in and maybe heals your wounds or something like that. So in other words, and then the Black Racer just—he's kind of neutral about everything, I because like. in that great full page, page ten, he just says, "Destiny has changed my course, takes me here to Earth." So on Earth, he'll have a—he'll have a reaction. On mm-hmm. Earth, he will take action and cause death and um, yeah. do, do his destiny. And I think that's what death is, right? Some people die young. Some people die old. You know, you, some people live up to 90, 100, and other people die when they're babies. It doesn't really... It's destiny. Instinct drives me to my quarry. Then he sees the shootout. Um... So with that, then, yeah, and then the, the, the um, Willie invokes the Black Racer. I hear a voice invoking my name as if he's this greater kind of primal spirit mm-hmm. through Earth also. Mm. That Willie the warrior can kind of sense the need to have a Black Racer come in and, and get in the middle of the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it, it's such an interesting issue because it feels so cryptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet it's hard, like the the pulpit with Willie the disabled Vietnam vet embodied in the, the spirit of vengeance is such an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. What did you make of that? About the soldier or the uh the and he's unconscious and he's like um well I mean, just thinking about it right now, as you mentioned, it is, I mean, he's a war hero. He's probably killed people at war. Um, I didn't, when you kill people at war in our society, that's accepted, right? It's, it's thought of, I mean, I'm, I'm not accepting it, but it's in our society. You can't, you're not a criminal. You're not a criminal unless you. He's got you know, medals for, for being a great warrior. Yeah. You get medals for it, you know, um, and I think, no, without saying it, I don't even think Kirby may not even thinking about this, but a soldier would be the perfect person because a soldier doesn't necessarily, I mean, let's, a good soldier doesn't kill because of malice. It kills to, you know, go for, you know, fight. You know, ideally, if you're a soldier, you're fighting for the good. And, you know, at least that's what you believe and like that kind of stuff. And so in this case, you know, he would be the perfect person to be the spirit of vengeance or 
embodiment of death because it's somebody who's had experience with killing but not coming from a place of evil presumably yeah he's professional about it yes he's professional about it neutral yeah he's neutral he's trained to do it a certain way only bad people (laughs) only people (laughs) not even bad actually if you look at uh if you think about the black racer um it's not the bad people it's just people whose fate it is so people not it's not who deserved it but who whose time it was yeah and that's that's like that spirit of vengeance idea you were talking about mm-hmm. yeah neutral professional so why do you think kirby decides to have the black racer in new gods number three because he's built up so much of the world in the previous two issues to me this feels like a little bit of a tangent Probably, but I think there's also a war coming, and there'll probably be deaths in the war. Um, and I think it's a good point to start introducing death because you've introduced science, you've introduced good and evil. There's other parts of the world other outside of good and evil, and mm. maybe you can't in a children. I mean, I don't know. Is this a kids comic? I'm assuming it was a kids comic. Um, you can't really in order to be able to introduce complex ideas, maybe you just need to just introduce them in a separate way instead of like into one character, you know? Although I do think Orion is pretty, uh, pretty complicated. It's probably as complicated as you can get in this book. Yeah. There's some great scenes with Orion getting more complicated as, as we go through this issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, But before we get to Orion, let's, let's talk more about the black racer. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the guy on skis in that outfit. <laughs> I've just never been able to get past the fact they look so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silver Surfer makes sense in that he's the streamlined, sleek being who's surfing on the cosmic waves and um, has this great power that allows him to to fly through space in that way. Mm-hmm. I don't get the analogy he's trying to make with a black racer riding on skis with his poles. Uh, it's just, it's just weird. Um, I mean, I feel like he's just trying to copy what was successful in the past. And, you know, I mean, he's a guy that has a lot of ideas and you throw everything at the wall and some of them will stick. And uh-huh. I feel like the skis probably didn't stick. The surfer, I, I think the silver surfer works because when I look at a surfer, silver surfer design, I never think of it as a surfer, you know? I never think of a surfer, surfer as a surfer, like you'd go on the beach and go surfing. Whereas in this one is like blatantly like, oh yeah, those are only good for skiing, you know? Yeah. So, like, does, does that make sense to you in any way? Uh, well, I just think he just has a lot of ideas. I do like the cover. It's collage too. This is actually a cool cover. Yeah, I think it is Kirby with ideas, by the way, because um, mm-hmm. so in in the Black Racer and Shiloh Norman oversized special mm-hmm. from a couple of years ago. Oh yeah, yeah, I've read that one. Um, there's an article by Mark Evanier at the back, and he talks about the Black Racer. Mm-hmm. He says, "My then partner Steve Sherman and I were among the first to lay eyes on the Black Racer. We were assisting Jack at the time, and I, oh, as I always point out." 
contributing very, very little. Jack had just finished some presentation notes and drawings, and he showed us what he had come up with. And I must admit, we were kind of uh, surprised. <laughs> there was a pause, and then I asked, so to make sure I understand it, this new character of yours is an African-American paraplegic on skis. Jack shook his head and said, oh, no, no, no. Then he looked at his presentation again and said, well, yes, I guess it is. Mm. Um, at the time, it was intended as a standalone series, unconnected to the new gods. And what Jack wanted to do was hold a big talent hunt to find a young black writer and a young black artist, and maybe one person who could do both under Jack's supervision. Um, he, he, he sent it in to DC, and DC said no, included in the character, and that's how he became part of the series. Mm. Um, so, mm. it's, I, I wonder, you know, and so much of Kirby is like, this is the thing that's on his mind that month. Mm -hmm. So he drew it into the series. I wonder if it was like this impulse decision. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah, if, it would have been interesting to bring in that, you know, a writer. I think I remember, I have that issue that you have. That's a, I, um, but yeah, I, I think he just threw the, uh, threw ideas and, you know, he just was excited about it. And it would have been interesting to bring in another person to write it and like flesh it out. Maybe have him be an Olympic skier or something, you know? Yeah. So it feels like this is something that had a completely different uh, idea behind it. And he just had this directive to include him in the story and it became this cryptic sidebar, I guess, to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a great comic and that is like super exciting. Yeah. I mean that, I will say that the opening page is, it's like a start of like a, you know, like, it reminds me of like, you know, again, like Star Wars in the beginning with, you know, just things are happening. He's like running away and Light Ray is like flying and then he's being followed and there's this black racer who wants to kill him and he's just running and, and then he, yeah. And then we cut that scene, the detention to like back to earth where like Orion is with like, with the humans. Yeah, Kirby's so good at cutting between scenes and adding tension in the story, at, right? Because the Black Racer, good. I love that last panel on page three where you have this close-up on Light Ray's face and you yeah, see no. a corner of the Black Racer oh, and yeah. Light Ray screaming, no, no! And then you flip the page oh, yeah. and there's Orion and the humans. So I had a question. Is there, a, is there an ad? I didn't pull out the issue. Is there an ad after page three? No, it goes yeah. right to the. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, the collage on the cover, by the way, you're right, is just amazing. Mm -hmm. He's like getting a hang of it. Yeah, it, it really is like a great image too. So it's yeah. the black racer flying over, probably New York City, right? Yeah. And there's the bad guy who's going to shoot him with a gun. That scene should have been in the uh, in the comic. I wish they, I wish Kirby had kind of uh, collaged that in the comic. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so yeah, we um, the Orion storyline continues, and we start to get more of an allusion to his apocalyptic uh, birthright. Oh yeah, I got a lot of notes from page four to seven. A okay. lot of question marks. 
I don't know where you want to start. Go ahead. Uh, a lot of notes and stuff. So here's the funny thing. Just looking at the characters, Claudia Shane is so in love with Orion. Mm-hmm. There's like three sections where she's all like, I just admit, he'll put those fashion ads to shame. Like when he's, when Orion gets some clothes to look like a human being as opposed to like a god. And then as he's going to change his clothes, she's all like, yes, I've seen Apocalypse Cry and I'm standing as close to you as possible. <laughs> and then he comes out with the, you know, he goes in and she's all like, he's positively beautiful, like a living statue modeled by the ancient Greeks. And then... Um, they're just see like if you look at page uh, I, I, this is just just for fun but if you pay, look at page five panel five if you look at her she has her hand over her heart like just trying to see how he's gonna look like with the clothes that they bought him uh, and then he comes out and then he's all like oh, you know he's just grumbling and on page uh, seven first pen is like. Thosted is over with. No, he's all like, see the. Oh, sorry, panel two, page seven. He said, see then, I'm as one like yourselves. And she's like, only more so, Orion. It's just she's totally <laughs> in love with him. And then, like, you know, uh, Lincoln is is in love with him in a bro way. You know, I was like, ah, he's, a, he's the only reason to hope. And he's a badass guy. You know, like, people just love him. But, like, the funny thing is, I think, you know, aside from maybe. I don't know, cultural stuff that Kirby put Claudia's uh, feelings. But I think it's also just to point out like how good looking he is. Yeah. And then when he goes into that room and his true face comes out, just to kind of say like, oh, no, no, he's not that good looking. You know, he's not a, he's monster. Well, they can also sense that devil inside him. And who can resist a devil inside a handsome looking mm-hmm. man? You think so? I think so. Oh, okay. But, but you know, he's also, he is like, look at those muscles. Look at those shoulders mm-hmm. on page three, or page mm-hmm. four, rather. This guy's built. He does look like yeah. a football player. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, I, um, I wanted to also, I guess, can we go on to when he's in the room and he's like, his face is, turns back into like the Orion? I think that's a really interesting page. Yeah, for one thing, um, I actually, because, you know, I've heard that, like, is he that much uglier? Is he that much scarier? You know, it could have been scary. So I actually sketched out the differences. I'm not a great sketcher, but I sketched out the differences just for myself to kind of see what the difference is. And the main thing I saw just kind of like copying his art of like the beautiful Orion and the scary Orion is like he has really thick eyebrows, really almost like, you know, I'm I'm from Iran, and a lot of people have like thick eyebrows. Sometimes you would say they have unibrows. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very ethnic looking, you know. It just kind of reminded me of like you know some of the people I know back home <laughs> or like back where I was born. Very ethnic looking, and like, and he's a foreigner, which is interesting, right? And I'm I have more comments about that. Oh, that's um, really interesting. Yeah, and uh, and it it also kind of. Uh, I don't know. It actually, I started to kind of reflect a lot about myself, which is kind of funny um, to me in the sense of just kind of looking at like, oh, no, just some thoughts that went through my mind is like how people, I look at the picture here, you know, page six, panel five. Um, 
He, yeah, you know, he's not, he's got thick eyebrows, he's got dark shadows, which means evil eye, you see the red eyes, you know, that kind of, that's the scary part. But a lot of it is, if he would have shown up that way, and still saved people's lives, I don't think people would have really thought, oh, this is a bad person, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it's just like, he, the way he thinks of his looks, like he has to change it just to fit in. He has to change his look just to fit in with the new gods. He has to change his look just to fit in with the humans. And it's kind of interesting to me about like how if someone, and he, he's a total, to me, he's an immigrant both on new gods and he's an immigrant on earth. And it's just that, that uh, and he has to look different, not only for the new gods, but also for humans, which is interesting to me. He's an outsider wherever he goes. Mm-hmm. And he has I, to change his appearance in order to be seen as an insider. Yeah, and I, I do want to say one other thing, too. Uh, I, I don't want to keep going too far, but later on, you know, he's changed his name to Orion with an O and then an R-Y-A-N from an Orion, O-R-I-O-N. And basically the part where he says, like, uh, um, you know, as a special investigator, uh oh no no he's all like you know he now looks the part right he looks like a human being and then he makes a comment to lincoln on page 16 panel one hey you're a special investigator you're really perfect for this position or you're appropriate for this mission and then lincoln says so is your name orion so do you see a connection there between jacob kurtzberg and jack kirby that's exactly what i wrote down there because uh, I wrote down Jacob, I wrote down Jacob Kirsberg, and then I drew a line to Jack Kirby, and it's like Jacob eh, Kirsberg. I mean, that's a name; it's fine. But then Jack Kirby is more; it's easier for non-Jewish folks or whatever non non-immigrants to to uh, identify with. I also went back to thinking about you know how I was mispronouncing Orion. I was I think I was calling it Orion, right? Yeah. Still so a valid I, way of saying it, by the way. What's that? Still a valid way of saying his name. Oh, yeah. I think it... I mean, I looked it up. I went and looked up in other languages, in French and German, and, and it sounds Orion in other language. Only in American language we call it. Oh, okay. At, at least that's what I found. So it was just interesting to, like, they they changed and he changed the spelling so, or whatever to, like, make it sound more American. Jacob Kurtzberg, yeah, immigrant, the looks. I think another thing is like, you know, a lot of folks from where I come from have curly hair, like a lot of the women, but they straighten out their hair so they can more look, they look more Caucasian. And and that's interesting how like, you know, Orion maybe has a has to straighten out his hair and like you know, shave his unibrow, you know, to look more like a good person. Put on his, take off his strange ethnic clothes and put on the Americanized clothes too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even though he's a god, you know, well, he doesn't have to do all that, but he he needs to fit in. He's a god in his own place, but he's not a god in America. That's true. He's emigrated to our country and he needs to assimilate in order to be appreciated shaded mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. yeah That's i mean so interesting i mean it's very in line with superman too right with you know 
the creators. I mean, there's a there's that idea of like Superman, the chosen person coming to Earth, and Superman has to has to change himself. Be Clark Kent, dress up, go to the news, have a regular job just to be accepted, you know, as one of everyone else. So I think it's interesting too that um, Orion dresses himself, changes his face to look beautiful. I'm not sure I remember the name of the main villain who we see on page 16 and 17. The guy who's smoking the cigar. Because he has he's the bald head, unibrow, mm-hmm. uh, the little half goatee on the underneath. He's yeah. ugly as sin. Yeah. And he looks so ethnic. They're all that ugly. All the bad well, not not all of them, actually, no. Because I think the um the guy that the black racer ends up killing, so is actually like a regular they look he looks regular like the the way jack kirby draws regular people but like the other mobsters they are ugly yeah you know what i noticed actually page 16 that same page the mobster that has the fedora on page uh page 16 panel five on the right he looks a lot like the old kirby drawings when he used to do the newsboy legion or newsboy that's not yeah. the style that Kirby does anymore. Like he doesn't have like, you know, mostly the drawings that Kirby does are like they have like straight jaws you know, or was the square jaws. Whereas in this person is like has like a little chubby face or something like that. Yeah, and same thing on on the next page, um, the half panel view of that same guy's face. Yeah, no, the bad guy's face. Excuse me. It's got that deeper ink line. Yeah, on... kind of like a. Who's the guy that I think of? Uh, forget. There's a oh Bernie Crickstein, almost. Oh, huh. I've seen Bernie Crickstein's faces look like that a little bit, but there could be other people too. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well, and also like, Coletta's known for the very thin, scratchy ink lines, mm-hmm. but. The inking on this issue is like has real diversity of line width. Um, it's got a real kind of he preserves Kirby's primal power. Mm. Maybe uh, there's a few yeah. places where he softens the faces, like especially in the scenes with Claudia that you talked about earlier. Yeah. But like on page 18, when the walls come crashing in, uh, that's just so full of energy. Yeah. It's he it looks like Coletta really took his time with it. Hmm. Um, and That's a good page. It gives the issue so much more power. Mm-hmm. But you notice the the image of Orion and pa- pa- panel two of that page it softens a little bit. So he cares about the faces of the heroes, mm-hmm. but he 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 softens the faces of the heroes, but he deepens the faces of the That's villains true. and the destruction. So it is. It's actually up to Coletta. I had a question about a storytelling thing. You know, pa- page seventeen to eighteen. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, how do they push through the wall? I don't, I don't remember them being next to a wall. Oh. And then when they're shooting, um, I don't know. Actually, the first time I read it, I thought it was the, so on page 17, the bad guys are holding this bomb. Mm-hmm. And they make a big point about setting the bomb off. The first time I read that, I thought it was the bomb going off. Oh, I, th- I think they're crashing. But it's not, because it gets thrown in the car, and the car goes into space. I think somehow Orion is punching through a wall. Yeah. 
But the perspective changes in a way that makes it very confusing. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. Because, yeah, uh, Orion, you've demolished this space. I love how he announces himself, too. To your knees, it is Orion of New Genesis. Mm-hmm. What in blazes? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, he, it's like this bomb going off. Yeah. Bullets don't touch him. He can destroy walls. He's just this this primal force of just viciousness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like page 19, panel 2, um, uh, oh boy, what's Sugarman running away through the, that cellar or whatever. He's, he looks terrified. He's this tiny little figure running mm-hmm. away through this area that he's, he almost feels completely boxed in. Mm-hmm. I guess he's running to the loading dock to jump in the truck. Yeah. Um, but um, he, it feels very claustrophobic with that character from that mm-hmm. point forward. Mm-hmm. I like the panel five on that same page, page 19, where he could see uh, the, you know, the death racer. I'm sorry, is it called a death racer? Uh, a black racer in the background, in his, in his, uh, in his mirror. That's a good panel. Yeah, isn't that? It's so creative. That whole page is, I think, outstanding because um, we get the scene of the shootout and we see uh, Sugarman running away, running down to the dock. We see him boxed in on panel two. And then panel three, we get the overhead view of the black racer staring down at him with his shadow over Sugarman as he loads something in the back of the, the bomb in the back of the truck mm-hmm. and starts driving off. And so, like, the storytelling on that page is just so exciting because it really pulls you through. Mm-hmm. Um, each panel's a different moment, but they all kind of build on each other in this really smart way. I mean, this is really Kirby at a storytelling prime. Yeah. I had a question. Do you think the Black Racer detonated the bomb, or was it the bad guys? The bomb, um, the black racer sets the bomb to go off. Well, he, he says it. Um, the ski oh. pole changes the mechanism. Oh. Bomb. oh, right, right. That's right. Oh, that's right. There it is. That's the cool. ski pole. Mm-hmm. Like, why does it have to be the ski pole? Mm-hmm. Um, there's a line here also on page 21. That really stopped me also. Um, so Mother Box sent, page 21, Orion says, Mother Box sent the death signal to explode the bomb in, in the atmosphere. Um, distance means nothing to Mother Box. She can combat evil wherever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he's exaggerating or literally like a Mother Box could be in my hands here in Seattle and I can be triggering something in China. No, I think I think that's what it means, right? It's, uh... Isn't that a little too godlike, I guess? Yeah. And it's how a... does that work as a story? This is the, the one of the other things that's always bothered me a little bit about New Gods is um, I love Mother Box as like this living, sentient being that they carry around in their pocket almost like a sentient cell phone mm-hmm. sentient iphone really a smartphone um but it 
bothers me how it has these extraordinary abilities to do anything around the world. I guess if we take this, you know, my cell phone as a comparison, I suppose I could set off a bomb in China using mm -hmm. the internet. So um, maybe it does make sense. I don't know. What do you make of that? I mean, artificial intelligence, I mean, that's, that's pretty advanced now. Back then, I'm sure they're still doing studies on artificial intelligence back in the 70s. I mean, Turing was even before that, I think. So, I mean, there's all that. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and then, you know, they had the, I mean, the Hiroshima bomb. Actually, the bomb was not done from far away. It wasn't done. But I'm sure at that time, they had missiles that they could send across the world without having soldiers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's science again. I did, Motherbox was created by Metron, right? I don't think they've said yet what creates the Motherboxes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. They might talk about it more in Forever People. Oh, okay. I thought I read it somewhere. I, I may have been reading ahead, but... At this yeah. point, I don't think we know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then the Black Race, at the conclusion of the issue, the Black Racer goes back into Willie's body. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's such a great conclusion to the issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Dan says, like, he might come after you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And he looks at you in the scaring i was hoping he would be back to normal you know i was hoping that willie walker can actually like now he can be a character of like walk down this like he's back he's not a paraplegic anymore yeah instead he's still trapped yeah is he gonna show up again i think so he thinks so. i haven't i haven't read that far then i think we see him again um I'm making a point of not reading ahead. Oh, I haven't read I have my collection here that I'm looking through, so. Mm. Can I, can you hold up? Oh, sorry, I know this is a podcast. Oh, I've never seen the collection that you have. I have a, I just got this from um, a vendor in the UK. Um, this company called Eagle Moss produced mm. a whole series of DC graphic novels. So I just picked it up this week. Oh, cool. Cheap. Um, really nice books. That's great. Yeah. So that was, um, it, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I, I always love talking about the different types of collections, but I do, I do like this trade paperback, which is pretty cheap. You can probably get it for like 20 bucks, 25 bucks. And it has all the new gods and doesn't have the articles that are in the back of the issue though. Yeah. I, I thought it was so funny how the, Letters page has letters to forever people mm. and not to not about new gods number one. Oh, that's that probably it's good. What was the first issue that came out? What was the sequence of issues coming out? Was it forever people first or when did forever, new gods yeah, come forever out? people came out before new gods? Mm -hmm. And there's a comment from John D. Warner of Santa Cruz, California. The idea of Weaving and interweaving the plots of four titles into one long, hopefully endless novel is worthy of the great Jose Luis Borges. Instead of the formula first issue, we are only given bits and pieces at the end of the Forever People, Supertown, Infinity Man, etc. are little more than enigmas. Beautiful. 
Mm. Uh, that's exactly what we were talking about in episode one. Mm-hmm. Kirby's giving us a lot to chew on, but very few real answers. Yeah. It's enjoyable. Though. I mean, I'm glad we got to talk about it a little bit more. I do have more ap- appreciation for the Black Racer after having talked about it, but it's just, it's always, you know, I don't, it's not my place to say, but I, it does bother me that, you know, at the times right now, you know, like as, as far as like ethnicity and stuff, there just wasn't as much knowledge, you know. Uh, about like what's the right thing to say i think he had the right mindset that you know you should get an african-american writer to write this character especially the willie walker one um but it it is kind of this you know it's disappointing because every character is called black something you know if they're african-american like you know and and i think kirby given his age and where he was it's probably as as educated as you can be, you know, but yeah, it's kind of disappointing to read these things. I, I think there literally may not have been another African American writer in comics at the time. Yeah. I have I, well, mainstream comics. Mainstream comics, yeah. No. Actually, I can't even think of one in the undergrounds. Well, Harriman is actually, I don't know if he, Harriman, yeah. but he was in, he was in, he didn't actually reveal it because he wouldn't have gotten the job. And he's like one of the pioneers of this medium. Yeah. But. Um, yeah, you know, Kirby tried to create a, a black um, romance comic, romance mm-hmm. magazine, actually, mm-hmm. Soul Love. When he went to DC, it was one of his unpublished projects. Mm. Uh, the art is still around. Um, Tomorrow's actually just put out a big collection of that, and uh, the second issue of his In the Days of the Mob comic too. Uh, and the stories are Kirby esque, but it's just like it's this wonderful and strange experience to have black characters be at the center of stories that don't have any white characters. Mm. Uh, from 1970 it feels otherworldly is that the the, i i've been wanting to get that book jack kirby's dingbacks love or yeah i think it's in that one have you read that what do you think about it i think it is well it's kirby so it's great but Mm -hmm. it's also very strange has this very he's drawing on experiences he hasn't had himself Mm. And trying to imagine what it's like having those experiences. Uh, um, so in that way, it's forty-year-old white man writing about experiences he can only guess at. Hmm. But that said, it's like so interesting to read a completely different sort of Kirby, because you know we all tend to think of Kirby by nineteen seventy-one as being the great action comics artist of all time. You know, Fantastic Four, Thor, the New Gods, Commandy, the Demon. Um, to see that other side of him, and especially since he had so much experience with romance comics, he essentially create, co-created romance mm-hmm. comics in America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pleasure to see him do something completely different mm-hmm. and explore that other side of him. 
Mm. Um, the creative work is outstanding. It's just, uh, it would be like me writing a, a comic about a black couple. Mm -hmm. you know, it, it would be, it would, it's more a reflection on me than it is on the world he lived in. Mm. Or more a reflection on me than the world I live in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think with, and as writers, if you do your research, it's fine, right? Like, I think that's what writing is about oftentimes. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm probably going to pick it up. I might pick it up next month or, or even this month because I can't hold myself to buying <laughs> stuff. But yeah, that was really enjoyable. I'm glad we talked about this issue again. Because like the right. black, this Black Racer special is, mm -hmm. by, is written by Reggie Hudlin. And mm -hmm. drawn by Dennis Cowan, her two African American creators, mm -hmm. and it's got this different feel to it. Now, of course, you know the African American experience is going to be widely diverse, just like the Iranian American yeah. experience is going to yeah. be widely diverse. Um, but it's got an attitude that feels different than Kirby's, a kind of more contemplative. Mm -hmm. view of the world it's a lot about um, people's place in the world and thinking about alternatives at the same time they're exploring Kirby's great cosmic world mm -hmm. and um, I just really enjoyed that different perspective on things mm. so that issue I haven't read that book about the black racer I mean I have it actually I, I have read it it's been a while so that that issue is both it's Shiloh Norman, right? He's like a new Mr. Miracle. Yeah. And then also it involves the Black Racer. What's that story about? Like, uh, do they dig a little bit more into the character? Yeah, the well, a little bit. It's the it's it kind of rambles a little bit, but basically, Shiloh Norman's trying to escape a death trap, and as he faces death, the Black Racer appears to him. Oh. And they, okay. they kind of explore both his history and and Kirby's creativity. There's mm -hmm. some gorgeously intense scenes about Vietnam. And they talk about how Willie gets um, handicapped. Yeah. And Willie was in Vietnam, right? I'm assuming. Willie was, Willie was in Vietnam and there's a, yeah, there's just some really dark pages. The mm -hmm. coloring, uh, was that Jeremy Cox? Mm -hmm. Coloring in, in this issue is just sensational too. Mm -hmm. Dennis Callen is awesome. I love his yeah. work. Yeah. Um, but they have um, Willie getting handicapped, not in war. But he comes home, finds crime on the streets, tries to stop it, and gets shot in the spine. And that's why Willie is handicapped. Mm. And so that's why he goes after Sugar Man and the, the um, criminals. Oh, and okay. It didn't occur to me till after reading this that that was a hole in New Gods Threes. Why does he go after them? I, in the context, I just read like it was crime that was happening on his doorstep. Mm -hmm. But he's actually seeking revenge. So Which it, goes back mm -hmm. to your whole idea of this mm -hmm. is like a spirit of the Black Racers is like a spirit of vengeance. Mm. So, in a way, actually, the Black Racers are coming to Earth and giving away itself to a human being on earth that actually improves it even though it's kind of like a close to a god the humanity can actually improve the character yeah 
yeah, the character yeah. is infused with Willie's humanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also another spirit of vengeance in DC, right? He dresses up in green. What's his name? The Spectre. The Spectre, yeah. Yeah. Like more like the Watcher, but but yeah. So next week uh, we talk about Orion's gang, right? Orion's gang. All right, that's that's a more adventure. I'm excited about that one. It's the last issue of New Gods, inked by Vince Coletta. All right, finally. And um, it is a great issue. Yeah. They get really fast-paced from now on. We're only two issues away from the glory boat. Oh, God. I know you just read Tar- the Death Wish of Terrible Turpin, too. I can't wait to talk about that one. Yeah, those are fun. Those are fun. Oh, thank you.